We are welcoming a new show to iHeart and the DraftKings YouTube channel. It is called Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano. It's an insider's look at the NBA and the culture surrounding the league. Every week, the five-time All-Star and the number one pick in the 2010 NBA Draft, John Wall will give his unique perspective on the hottest topics in the league and tell the best behind-the-scenes stories from his time in the NBA. So check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, the DraftKings YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve With Discover, limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. The Volume. It's Hoops Tonight presented by FanDuel. The NBA season is kicking into gear, and there's no better place to get in on the action than with FanDuel. The app is safe and secure. Getting your money out is super easy. You can jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting, and I love building those same-game parlays. And FanDuel is now live in Ohio, so use promo code JasonT and download the FanDuel app today to start making every moment more. 21 plus in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, Virginia, and Ohio. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 53342 in Arizona. Call 1-888-888. 789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Visit ksgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. Call 1-877-770-STOP in LA. Visit www.mdgamblinghelp.org in Maryland. Dial one 877 Hope and Y or text Hope and Y to 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-522-4700 in Wyoming or visit www.1800gambler.net in West Virginia. All right, welcome to Hoops Tonight, presented by FanDuel here at The Volume. Happy Tuesday, everybody. I hope all of you guys are having a great start to your week. LeBron James is the NBA's new all-time leading scorer. So we are going to set everything else aside tonight and just focus on him because he very much deserves it. I want to hit this from a bunch of different angles. I want to talk about his development as a scorer, specifically the way he's rounded out his skill set. I want to talk about why he's not properly given credit 
when we talk about the greatest scores of all time. I also want to talk about his passing because I think it's one of the most underrated elements of his scoring and the way it opens things up for him when he tries to score the basketball. And then last but not least, how long can LeBron keep this up? Because he's very much at the top of his game and still has a lot of good basketball left in him. Now, there was one big downer tonight, and that was the Los Angeles Lakers who lost to the Oklahoma City Thunder. I do have some venting to do on that front, but we're going to save that for the very end because I do want to stay positive and focus on LeBron. He deserves to be the focus tonight. You guys know the drill before we get started. Subscribe to the Volumes YouTube channel so you don't miss any more of our videos. Follow me on Twitter at underscore JasonLT so you guys don't miss any show announcements. And if you miss any of these videos and you can't get back over to YouTube to finish, you can find them wherever you get your podcasts under hoops tonight. And last but not least, you guys have heard me talk about Game Time, the fastest growing ticketing app in the US. If you're looking to get out to an NBA game or an NHL game or a baseball game or a comedy show or, or a concert or anything along those lines, Game Time has amazing last minute deals on tickets to all of those. Just got out last week on Thursday to go see the Arizona Wildcats get revenge on the Oregon Ducks. Game Time took amazing care of us. The app was super easy to use. I got a great deal and I got great seats. So here's what I want you guys to do. No matter where you live, get out and have some fun this week. Download the Game Time app, enter your email, and redeem code HOOPS for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, enter your email and enter the code HOOPS. That's H-O-O-P-S for $20 off. Download Game, download game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, let's talk some basketball. So I wanted to start here because, you know, when, since I started with the volume We've talked about LeBron, we've covered LeBron, but I haven't really gotten into uh, my specific relationship with him because he's my favorite basketball player and he specifically has played a big role in my life. I uh, grew up in a family that was very focused on baseball and on football and I was not exposed to basketball a lot growing up. But one day on a random Sunday, I turned on my television and caught LeBron James playing the Detroit Pistons in 2006. And I immediately fell in love with the game. And since then, my relationship with basketball has become the biggest thing in my life, or I should say the second biggest thing in my life behind my wife. I got to make sure that I don't get in trouble here. But, uh, you know, from getting my school paid for to this now being what I do for a living, the game of basketball has been everything to me. And I credit that to LeBron James and me just happen, happening to see him on a random day in the playoffs about, you know, what's that, almost uh, 17 years ago, and that completely changed my life. That's why I root for LeBron James so much. That's why he's been my favorite player. Now, I'm a pretty much a basketball purist. I like just about every basketball player, but LeBron will always be my favorite, and he'll always have a special place with me because of the way that he changed my life and got me to fall in love with the game of basketball. So I'm very much excited today to really kind of dive deep into like what it's been like rooting for him over the course of the last couple of decades. So like I said before, I want to focus on his scoring development today because you know what's funny is when LeBron first started, it really was a lot of brute force. He was the best athlete in the league by a mile. But a lot of the things, you know, that were his, you know, uh, the, the periphery of his skill set came and went. His jumper was inconsistent. If you caught him on the right night, man, he could light you up. You'd see him, you know, in 2007, burn the Pistons down with his jump shot. But then you'd run into the San Antonio Spurs one round later and he wouldn't be able to knock down 
those same shots. He was incapable of playing with his back to the basket. He had these incredible physical tools, especially as it pertained to size and strength, but he wasn't good at actually using that to get easy shots. But then 2011 happened. You know, I've always joked that 2011 was the best thing that could have possibly happened to LeBron James because he was on a certain trajectory and things were, you know, you could you could look at what happened with the Cavs in the first seven years and you'd be like, oh, it was because the roster wasn't talented enough. And then he goes to Miami and he does have enough talent, at least on the top end, and he got exposed by the Mavericks in that specific series as they went to a 2-3 zone, as they guarded him with J.J. Barea, as a player that did not have enough versatility to succeed in the playoffs or a better way to say it is he had too many holes that could be attacked to maintain his effectiveness through all the levels of the playoffs there was a ceiling to what he was doing at that point and it was so embarrassing what happened to him in 2011 that it caused a tone shift in his entire career it almost became business-like the way that he started to round out all those little areas of his game over the next few years. 2012, you started to see the back-to-the-basket game materialize. 2013, you started to see the jump shot really come together. There, when he got to Cleveland, you really started to see the bully ball game, the perimeter bully ball game as he started to back his way to the basket with a live dribble to get tons of easy shots right around the basket. And then all of a sudden, everything started to be rounded out. He became a very good uh, post player, a very reliable jump shooter. He added a bunch of short range shots, little push shots and hooks and floaters and things in the lane, the post up fadeaways that he's gone to a lot in big moments in his career. And then most importantly, he learned to weaponize his strength. He learned how to use his strength, not in a, you know, he used his athleticism a lot when he was younger to finish above the rim, but he added that below the rim element of his game that wasn't there. That ability to leverage physicality and angles and balance to knock people over, knock people around and get to spots and get easy baskets around the rim. And as a result, he became one of the best shot makers in the league. He might not be the as artistic as a Kevin Durant or as artistic as a Kyrie Irving, But he's in the tier right below that, and he's never gotten enough credit for the way that he's built out those artistic elements of his game. I always talk about how uh, improvisational shot making is one of the best tools that you can have in your bag when it comes to the playoffs, because the playoffs are all about things not going your way. The scouting report is set up to find your weaknesses. They are going to try to force you to be uncomfortable, to make you do the things that you don't want to do. A lot of times possessions break down. If really good defenses, the good shots don't exist. You need to have the ability to improvise and to score over the top of the defense. And so when LeBron put it all together, he already had that defensive element that he really started to put together towards the end in Cleveland. He, from his inception as a basketball player, was always a great passer. He always was a great rebounder. And then he had some of those, you know, little bully ball elements that freight train in transition, that ability to get to the rim. But once he added that well-rounded offensive skill set, suddenly he became the most reliable playoff player of all time. Because he had such a high floor with what he brought every single night as a defender, as a rebounder, as a playmaker, pressuring the rim, playing bully ball, that on his worst night in the playoffs, he was going to go, you know, eight for 22 for like 28 points, eight rebounds and seven assists and guard the other team's best player or operate in pick and roll coverage as a backline defender and just completely be a wrecking ball on both ends of the floor. But he'd miss all his jump shots. And so he'd be eight for 22, but that would be his floor. And then his ceiling was like, if the jump shot was going, 
that was where it was 43, 13, and 12. And looking like the very best basketball player to ever touch a basketball court. That was when he when he added all of that extra stuff as on the periphery of his skill set. It gave him the highest ceiling of any basketball player I've ever seen. Now, we're not going to talk about the GOAT debate today. All of you guys have different opinions on it. I know I'm not going to sway you. But regardless of what you think about who is the best basketball player of all time, I don't think we'll ever see a player that can hit the ceiling that LeBron, that LeBron James can. How many, how many players in NBA history could be the best defender on the floor, the best rebounder on the floor, the best playmaker on the floor, and the best shot maker on the floor in any given game? Nobody, just LeBron. He's the only guy who could do that. And I don't think we'll ever see that again. You look at Luka, you're getting the playmaking, you're getting the scoring, but that defense and athleticism just isn't there. You know, you look at Giannis, you're getting the defense and athleticism, you're getting the rebounding, you're getting the rim pressure, you're getting the bully ball, but that shot-making piece just isn't there. And I'm not sure that he'll ever be able to reach, you know, some of the levels of the of the high-level shot-makers in NBA history. I'm not sure Luka will ever be able to reach the defensive level that guys like LeBron James can reach. I don't, th- I don't think we realize it now here in the moment, but we may never see anything like this again. I saw J.J. Redick talking uh, again the other day about LeBron not being brought up in scoring conversations. And I think all those little ancillary details are a big part of it. I'd put it down to two reasons why LeBron doesn't get the appropriate credit as a scorer. One, all of those other things. When you talk about LeBron, you talk about what he can do on the defensive end of the floor. You talk about what he can do as a rebounder. You talk about his playmaking. And the scoring is just kind of another thing. And so that kind of causes it to get glossed over. And then the second part of it is... He gets so many easy baskets with him playing bully ball that he doesn't get enough credit for what he can do as a shot maker. I'll give you guys an example. So LeBron James makes, in this season, in year 20, he makes seven shots per game in the restricted area at 76% shooting. Most of the best shot maker scorers in the league cannot do that. I'll give you some examples. Steph Curry... Two makes per game in the restricted area. Kawhi Leonard, big strong forward. Two makes per game in the restricted area. Kevin Durant, seven feet tall. Two makes per game in the restricted area. LeBron gets seven. So those guys are all getting their 30 points a game or whatever, almost entirely from the perimeter. So it is more aesthetically appealing. There is a lot of multiple dribble combinations feeding into tough step-back jump shots. LeBron simply has not needed to do that as often because he still, at this point, 20 years later, is the third best paint player in the entire NBA behind Giannis Antetokounmpo and Zion Williamson. So that's why those guys get more credit for it and why LeBron gets left out. And it's really not fair. Who the hell cares where the baskets come from as long as the baskets are coming? I would understand if there were limitations in late game situations. Like it used to be with Shaq. He could do everything, but you couldn't go to him at the end of games because you couldn't make free throws. That's not the case with LeBron James. If you need LeBron James to be your shot maker, he can do that. That's what separates him. And I, and I, I look, if you want to tell me like, I think if I was talking about the best scorer of all time, I lean slightly towards Kevin Durant in terms of just that specific skill. But if we're talking about Mount Rushmore, the top four scorers of all time, LeBron James has to be on there. Because the combination of reliable physical scoring around the rim with that rounded out skill set from the perimeter, there is not a player that has reached that level. 
And I don't think it's fair that he doesn't get included in those lists as often as he does. Lastly, how long can LeBron keep this up? First of all, the most remarkable element of this entire scoring chase to me is the fact that he's still every bit as good now as the best players in the league. Right now. And all of this is happening in a winning context. Yes, the Lakers have a losing record, but we'll get to that here in just a second. There are four players in the NBA right now that are currently averaging 25-5-5 on at least 50% shooting. Giannis Antetokounmpo, Kevin Durant, Luka Doncic, and LeBron James. He's still at the very top of the league. He needed 36 points tonight to break Kareem's record. He did it on 18 shots in less than three quarters. Even in that disaster of a Lakers performance, they were plus eight with him on the floor tonight and minus 11 without him. For the season, they are plus 111 with him on the floor and minus 185 when he's on the bench. This is not some old washed up guy putting up numbers on a bad team. This is one of the very best basketball players in the world right now that is doing all of this stuff. So when we talk about his longevity, that's our starting point. Our starting point is he's already still at this point one of the very best. And really, as it comes to his decline or his phasing out of his career here down the stretch, it really just comes down to serious injuries. If he can avoid serious injuries, there's no reason in the world why he can't continue to average 20-plus for another three, four, five years if he wanted to. Because he does not rely on his mobility nearly as much as he relies on his size, his strength, his basketball IQ, and his skill set. And those four things will never go away as long as he stays healthy. Now, will there be a point where he struggles a little bit with his shot making because he can't get quite as much lift? Sure, but that'll be the difference between him averaging 30 and 24. And so when it's all said and done, who knows how big his lead is going to be. If he doesn't get hurt, it'll be well into the 40,000s. And it's hard to even imagine a player in the future being able to be healthy long enough, to be at the top of his game long enough, to have the necessary skill set and set of physical physical tools to be able to do that. It's hard to even imagine that happening again. Now, who knows? I'm sure Kareem, when it happened 40 years ago, thought the same thing. And maybe one day there will be, you know, maybe Victor Wembenyama comes into the league and averages 30 for 20 years in a row. Who knows? But LeBron's put himself in a really good position here to build an unbreakable record. All right, before we get out of here tonight, I have to talk about the Lakers a little bit because this was an amazing basketball moment that I really enjoyed. And and it was ruined by complete and utter incompetence surrounding LeBron James. Tonight's game was an amazing example or microcosm of the last two years of Lakers basketball. LeBron James doing otherworldly basketball things while being surrounded by complete and total incompetence. Anthony Davis being there and healthy, but getting outplayed by a 20-year-old six-foot-nine second-round pick in Jalen Williams. Russell Westbrook being out there making a bad play for every single good play. Putting his head down and making the game close in garbage time, but having critical, catastrophic turnovers when the game is still in question. And then the Lakers coach, Darvin Ham, similarly to what happened with Frank Vogel in the past, a team that is struggling with effort, literally disgracing the game of basketball with the lack of effort 
in both halves defensively, and there are good young players on the bench that will come in and that will play hard and that have more size that match up better with Oklahoma City's tall perimeter players that are not getting the burn so that Darvin Ham can watch Russell Westbrook, Patrick Beverly, and Dennis Schroeder fail again when they failed all season long. I've shared the lineup data. You cannot play Russ without LeBron James and Anthony Davis. They get obliterated. They've been in a thousand possessions this year. They're minus 18 points per 100 possessions. Without without LeBron James and Anthony Davis with Russ on the floor. Fourth quarter, must-win game. What did Darvin Ham go with? Russell Westbrook with Anthony Davis and LeBron James off the floor. It's completely inexcusable. All season long, Dennis Schroeder and Russell Westbrook, or excuse me, Dennis Schroeder and Patrick Beverly together when they play, the team has been getting rolled. Why? Because you can't just play basketball with two six-foot-tall guys on the floor in the modern NBA where everyone who's tall can dribble and shoot. And down the stretch, again, it was Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Josh Giddy, and Jalen Williams, all 6'6 and above that can dribble, shoot, and pass, destroying the small Laker backcourt. You know, two, two of the biggest storylines in the NBA this season that aren't getting nearly enough attention are, one, LeBron James the second or first best player of all time, getting left hung out to dry by his front front office and ownership group that's unwilling to invest in this group. And Darvin Ham being completely beholden to the veterans in that locker room and as a result having massive blind spots on the basketball court. There's no excuse, no reason to have Russ on the, on the floor by himself with LeBron and Anthony Davis off. There's no reason to have two six-foot guards at the one and two and a six-three guard at small forward when you have better, taller players on the bench that will play harder. Patrick Beverly bullshitted through that entire game, just reaching in on Josh Giddey and reaching in on Shea Gilgis-Alexander and getting beat to the basket. That was breaking down the defense. Anthony Davis couldn't have been bothered to try even a little bit all night long. And it's just depressing. It's a dark chapter in NBA history to watch one of the game's all-time greats basically be wasted because he's surrounded by people that cannot even come close to matching his impact on the game of basketball. You know, I've I've talked uh, privately with a lot of Laker fans, and I've said, you know, even if they make the right trade at the deadline, even if they if they bring in the requisite pieces, if they get Russ off the roster, there is no guarantee that Darvin Ham will even play the right guys. And it's deeply concerning. And, and honestly, it just it just threw a, a a real ugly, you know, side story on what should have been a celebratory night in a game that the Lakers absolutely if they gave sixty percent effort tonight, they could have won. And it's just, it's just depressing. Uh, we are going to do a lot more on this scoring record. I've got big plans uh, in the next couple of days. We're going to be doing a video where we talk about LeBron's 10 greatest baskets. I really want to focus on the way his passing ability has opened things up for him as a scorer. We actually missed getting to that earlier. You know, one of the things that I I, I, I think differentiates LeBron and Luka in particular and Nikola Jokic in particular from some of the other peers at the top of the league is the way they find themselves in single coverage so often. And one of the reasons they find themselves in single coverage is teams are terrified to help because they will consistently make the right play. 
one when we do our top 10 video tomorrow of LeBron's top 10 biggest baskets, there's a specific play in the 2017 Eastern Conference semifinals, if I remember correctly. Uh, against the Indiana Pacers, the Cavs are up two games to none. They're in Indy. Indy's rolling them early. Uh, Kyrie and Kevin Love are having a rough game. Ty Lue ends up benching them, and they close with role players around LeBron. And LeBron just goes on this ridiculous run. He has like a 40-point triple-double, and the Lakers win. Or excuse me, the Cavs win. And in this game, there's a play where LeBron is running down the middle of the floor in transition after, I believe, Iman Shumpert stripped Paul George on a uh, uh, ISO at the free throw line, if I remember correctly. And as LeBron is barreling down the lane, Monte Ellis is right in front of him between LeBron and the rim. But there's a shooter running to the right wing. I believe it was Kyle Korver, if I remember correctly. And on this play, LeBron is running down the lane and Monte Ellis just vacates and sprints out to the shooter in the right corner. And LeBron dunks. And it wasn't like, a, oh, he got out of the way. <clears throat> it wasn't like, oh, he got scared of the LeBron freight train. If you watch Monte, he panic chases out to the corner. And the reason why is throughout LeBron's career, he has consistently made that play. In the same way that when Steph Curry runs off the screen, you might see two players panic chase Steph and give up a dunk. When LeBron James has the basketball, you will see help defenders panic run out to shooters or to the rim because they're scared of LeBron James making passes. And so as a result, often in LeBron's career, coaches have decided like, ah, I'd rather have LeBron take a fadeaway over someone or try to score, you know, one-on-one than have these guys just continually burn us when we leave them open to try to stop LeBron because he burns us every single time. You know, every I always talk about how the game of basketball is a super complex organism. Now, there are so many different elements to it. And that they all kind of are intertwined. And this is one of those great, the best examples of that. The way that LeBron's passing has complemented his scoring and vice versa is part of what has made him such a versatile playoff weapon. That's what gives him more chess moves in his bag that he can go to so that he can out-execute you over the course of a series. But we are going to get into that a lot more tomorrow. As always, I sincerely appreciate your guys' support. We've got trade deadline stuff coming up. It's going to be a jam-packed week and a jam-packed rest of the season, and I cannot wait. I will see you guys tomorrow. volume managing your diabetes just got easier the powerful new dexcom g7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks and because dexcom g7 is the most accurate cgm system you can be confident in your food exercise and medication decisions and all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower a1c get started at dexcom.com dexcom data on file 2023 if your glucose alerts and readings from the g7 do not match symptoms or expectations use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions for a list of compatible devices visit dexcom.com compatibility Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.